Can we lift our voice right now? Let's magnify the Lord together. Nobody like Jesus. I'm thankful for the presence of God that I feel in this place, don't you? Amen. I appreciate the presence of God that I feel here today. God is in this house, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, anything can happen. Amen. That is what's so special about an apostolic church. You can come in with whatever need you are facing, and you can leave here with having that need met. And it don't matter the variety of needs, healing, deliverance, salvation, Whatever it might be, we've got one God with one spirit. He can come in here and sweep and touch everything. Touch everything. That's the God we serve. That is the God we serve. I am mindful of the hour, and I know you're standing, and so I will hasten to the word of the Lord. But I would like to say uh, I want to give honor to the bishop of this house and his lovely wife, who we love so very much and been in prayer for diligently, uh, and that is Brother and Sister Cole, who we love so very much, and then also... Your pastor, the assistant pastor, and the complete French family who are great friends of mine that I love so much. And um, this church is, is just blessed with an outstanding leadership. I want you to know you're blessed. You, I, you know that, but I'm telling you from the outside looking in, you're blessed. You are blessed. Amen. And, it, and I always love to come and be here and worship with you folks. And uh, I appreciate the atmosphere and the spirit of this church. And, um, and we love you. And, uh, and I'm thankful that we are neighbors. And uh, I, look, I, I, I love worshiping with you for an hour and a half, two hours. But I look forward to worshiping with you for eternity one day. We're in this thing together, folks. We're in this thing together. And we're going to make it. Amen. In my opinion, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. I thought I would be preaching something else this morning, but... God changed that, and God knows best. And so we will see what the Lord will do today. In my opinion, there has been a battle of the mind like never before in our day and time. We are dealing constantly, day in and day out, with the battle of the mind. I read this. I don't know if this is true because I wasn't here 60 years ago. But I, I, I read an analyst that said that the average person goes through as much stress in one week that a person went through in one year 60 years ago. I don't know if that's true, but I do know that this world's getting crazy and every single day just brings loads and loads more. But we have a friend in Jesus and perfect love casteth out all fear. And so uh, the enemy, he, every day, and he is no respecter of age, he is coming at our mind. He, is, he would love nothing better than to undermine uh, the word of God in your life, to undermine the word of the pastor, to undermine authority. He would love nothing more than to get in your head and make you think things that are not there. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. If you get your thinking right, you'll get your talking right. If you get your thinking right, you will get your walking right. It's got to start right here. It's got to start right here. God, I love you and I thank you for your presence and these wonderful people. I ask God you to anoint my lips of clay and let me deliver the word you've given me. And bless this congregation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let us leave here different than we come in the door. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. I want to speak to you on this subject. Our enemies, our weapons, and our victories. Our enemies, our weapons, and our victories. Let me read our text in a different translation that is so powerful. For though we live as human beings, we do not wage war according to human standards. For the weapons of our warfare are not human weapons. They are made powerful by God for tearing down strongholds. We tear down arguments and every arrogant obstacle that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. Our warfare today, ladies and gentlemen, is not just against flesh and blood. Moreover, our weapons are not those of flesh and blood. Our real enemies today are the contrary arguments and the arrogant obstacles that come against the knowledge of God, which is, of course, the word of God. Whatever we have come to know about the will of God for our individual lives, let me tell you that Satan will come against it with contrary arguments and arrogant obstacles. And this is the war that we are fighting. In this war, we become victorious when we take the thoughts behind the contrary arguments and the arrogant obstacles and we bring them captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Our spiritual battles are not fought in the dust or the dirt or the valleys and the plains of Mother Earth, but rather they are fought in the deep recesses of our mind and in our inner spirit. That is why we must learn to be diligent in keeping the devil out of our head. We just do not need to let him get in our mind. He will do great damage if you let him inside of your head. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. You see, Jesus knew how to keep the devil out of his mind. And in his wilderness temptation, every time the devil tried to get into his head, you know what Jesus did? Jesus took him to the word. (laughs) The devil said, turn these stones to bread. And Jesus said, I'm not going to do that because it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When the devil said, if thou be the son of God, cast yourself down off of this temple. Jesus answered, no, for it is written. When the devil said, exalt yourself with all the kingdoms of this world. Jesus said, Get the hits, Satan, for it is written.
And what we must understand is that the best way to keep the devil out of our minds is when he comes against you, take him to the word of God. Hallelujah. Let him see what is eternally written. Let him see the power of God to save and to heal and to deliver and to empower and to free and to set at liberty and to transform and to make us to be overcomers. Take the devil to the word. I refuse to let the devil get in my head. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I have come to take the covers off of the devil. We do not have to be ignorant concerning his devices and his tactics and his methods. If you let him get in your head during the calamities of life and while you're dealing with sickness in your body or while you're going through a stage downtrodden in your soul and dealing with wayward children and financial pressures of the day and dangers of midlife and changes in the workplace and loss of a job. If you let him get in your head at these times, uh, he will begin to put a spin on life and make you see things not as they really are. He'll have you thinking uh, things like, you see what they're enjoying over there. Look at how easy things are for them. Look at you. You're supposed to be a child of God. You ought to go and do like they do and get free of all of this adversity. You can enjoy the sunshine of prosperity if you'd simply throw in the towel and walk away. Look at how much money they have. Look at where they live. Anybody ever been told this? Look at where they live. Live. Look at what they drive. Look at how nice life is for them. It's the devil getting in your mind. Look at their job that is so fulfilling. Look at their kids that are so courteous and socially developed. Look, 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 look. He does the same thing to preachers. Look at the size of their building. Look at the size of their crowd. Look at how socially accepted they are in the city. Look at the money you could give to missions if you had what they have. Look at how they are treated. Look at where they live. But I'm here to tell you today, it is just a trick of the enemy. It's not the way things really are. It's just smoke and mirrors. He's trying to shift your focus. He's trying to redirect your attention. But I refuse to give the devil advantage over me. I refuse to fall for his tactics. That's why you got to make up in your mind, I'm going to shut the door on the devil. He has no room in my head. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Consider other biblical examples of this type of warfare. Noah, while he was building the ark, he fought criticism. He fought ridicule. He fought rejection. And instead of getting down on their level and letting the devil get in his mind, he just went back to the word of God. He kept on building the ark because he had a word. He kept on being faithful because he had a word. He kept on preaching righteousness. Every time they came by, they saw him out there with his hammer and his mallet and his lumber. And every time in the evening they came by, they heard him preaching on the righteousness of God. 
He just never, ever, ever stopped doing what God had told him to do. He said, I'm going to stand on the word of God. That's where I was last time you saw me. That's where I'll be next time you see me. Standing on the word of almighty God. So the next time the enemy gets in your head and says that's not necessary. That's a total waste of time. None of that even matters. You're not going to make it. Your dream is going to die. Let me tell you, you just need to stand flat footed and keep on walking and keep on building and keep on praying and keep on hoping and keep on loving and keep on being faithful because you have a word that supersedes the word of the Praise God. Have a word. You have a word that supersedes the word of the enemy. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Get rooted in his word. Get grounded in his word. Stand firmly on his word. Don't Let the calamities and the trials of this life shake you. We have a weapon today and it is God's holy word. Standing on his word. Thomas Dorsey lost his wife Nettie during childbirth in 1932. Two days later, the child, a son, also died. He sat down during his grief and he started to write these words. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on and let me stand. I'm tired, I'm weak, and I'm worn. But through the storm and through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. In 1873, Horatio Spafford decided his family should take a holiday somewhere in Europe. And so he chose England, knowing that his good friend D.L. Moody would be preaching there in the fall. He was delayed himself because of business, so he sent his family on ahead. His wife and their four daughters, 11-year-old Annie, 9-year-old Maggie, 5-year-old Elizabeth, and 2-year-old Tanetta. On November 22nd, 1873, while they were crossing the Atlantic on a steamship, their ship was struck by an iron sailing vessel, and 226 people that day lost their lives, including all four of Spafford's daughters. His wife, Anna Spafford, miraculously survived the tragedy. Upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram telegram to Spafford that simply said two words. It said, saved alone. Spafford then sailed to England and while nearby the location of his family's tragic deaths, he sat on board of his ship and began to write. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet Though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control 
that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. I'm talking about songs that have ministered to and encouraged millions of people. But they were songs that were born in the hearts of men that stood firm on the word of God in times of great difficulty. You've got to stand firm no matter what this life brings at you. The only firm foundation we have is the word of God. On Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground. All other ground, all other ground is going to take you down on Christ the solid rock I stand. We got to stand on his word in times of difficulty. We must realize, and this is a hard lesson to learn. We must realize that sometimes God shines through us by his presence. But sometimes we are a glow stick in his hand. And we shine because we've been broken. But I have made up my mind today that in the good times, I'm going to stand on the word of God. In the bad times, I'm going to stand on the word of God. When it's up, I'm standing. When it's down, I'm standing. Regardless of the situation, there's only one foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. Samson had an army of Philistines come up against him with conventional human weapons of swords and shields and spears. But that is not what Samson used against them. He reached over near to where he was and he picked up an old jaw of a donkey. And with that one item and with the anointing of the Spirit of God, Samson slew 1,000 Philistines because several years before, there was a word that was spoken over Samson that he would begin to deliver the people of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Folks, we need to forget about debate and argument and reason and intellect. And we need to start relying more on the anointing and the power that is available to us through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Your enemy is not going to be defeated by your logic or your skill or your talent or your reasoning, but he's going to be defeated by your anointing. Praise God. He's going to be defeated by the power that is in you through the Holy Ghost. sword and a spear and a shield but I refuse to fight you with conventional weapons of man's wisdom it was not just a slingshot that put Goliath down that day he did not say I come to you with a slingshot but David said I come to you in the name of the Lord because I'm not going to use conventional weapons because I can see it's going to take more than that David could just look at Goliath and tell that logically he was no match. 
Goliath had the advantage in skill, in size, and in stamina. No wonder Goliath mocked him. But the difference that day, was that David had an anointing, and David had a word, and David had a name. Hear me when I say this, and you need to get it in your mind. The word that God has spoken over you is greater than the word the enemy speaks against you. Whatever the word God has spoken over your life, I don't care if it was this morning or 20 or 40 years ago, if God spoke it over your life, I'm telling you it is greater and it supersedes the word of the enemy. You got to stand on the word of God. You got to stand on the word of God. Uh, It is greater than any word the enemy tries to speak against you. Paul and Silas was put in jail for preaching the gospel. And they asked one another, what are we going to do so we can get back to preaching the gospel? Now, I would have probably used hacksaw and sledgehammer and crowbar and dynamite. But they said, we know that our war is not after the flesh. So we're going to pray for God to drop us down the right weapon out of his arsenal. To help us get back to preaching the gospel. And like we already know. God looked at his weapon arsenal. And he picked out an earthquake. And he sit it down. And it shook the whole place. Unlocked the jail doors. Removed the shackles. And set them free. Our weapons today folks. Are not carnal weapons. But our weapons are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. There is no adversary. More mighty than faith in God. There is no satanic power greater than the power of prayer. There is no stronghold that can stand up to the name of Jesus. And we have got to understand in Revelation chapter 3, please hear me right here. Revelation chapter 3, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And he wants to come into our heart and into our minds. And he is more powerful than the devil. Yet he does not come in unless we let him in. The devil also, who is certainly less powerful than Jesus, cannot come in unless you let him in. And so today I've got to make up my mind that I will not let the devil in my head. I am going to invoke the name of Jesus for the power to resist the enemy. We must return to the basic principle that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. You got to, you know what? Sometimes it'd be a good idea just to take your Bible and walk through your home. And use it like a sword and speak the name of Jesus over your home. Speak the name of Jesus over your family. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your marriage. Come on. Plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your finances. We have a weapon today. And it is the word of God. And it is the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have the weapons. God has given us what we need. But we're trying to fight with human weapons. 
But you can't fight a spiritual fight with human weapons. You got to lay down what you've been fighting with and you got to pick up what God wants to put in your spirit today and he's going to give you what you need to beat the enemy that's been fighting you in whatever area he's been coming against you. You got to speak the word. You got to plead the blood. You got to call on the name because we have a weapon and it is the word of God. It is the word of God. power in the name of Jesus. There are many precious saints who have gone on before us who knew well the power of spiritual weapons, especially the name of Jesus. Consider the words of an old hymn, take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you, take it then ere you go. Take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from every snare. If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. The greatest weapon available to you today is the power that is in the name of Jesus. Because there is nothing like the name of Jesus. There is nothing like the name of Jesus. And I plead the name of Jesus over my mind. I plead the name of Jesus over my heart. I plead the name of Jesus over my body. I plead the name of Jesus over our church. I plead the name of Jesus over my family. There's nothing like the power that is in the name of Jesus. Romans 14 and 11, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to God. Every power, every evil power and Satan himself must come under and bow to the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. There is great power in the name of Jesus. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. For our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and who made earth. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous runneth in. Do you need a safe haven today? Let me tell you about a safe place you can go. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous runneth in. And they are safe. We have the weapons. We just need to use what's at our disposal. You need to use what God has equipped us with. Oh, God. It don't matter. The obstacle... It don't matter the size of the mountain. It doesn't really matter how long you've been dealing with it already. All you need to do is invoke the power that is available to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We must, we must, and I'm wiping up. We must bring captive every thought that the devil tries to put in our mind. The only way he's going to get in your life is to first get in your head. I have got to shut the door on the devil because he will never walk in your shoes until he first has dinner in your mind. I heard a landlord say one time that the best way to get rid of a lousy tenant is 
Don't rent to them. Don't rent to them. Because when the devil comes at you, and he will, and he has, when the devil comes at you and starts knocking on your door, <laughs> you need to get up and not only refuse to answer it, but you need to lock the handle. You need to put up the latch. You need to tighten the chains. You need to tighten the bolts. And you need to say, devil, I'm not going to give you space. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to let you talk to me. I refuse to let you get in my head. Hallelujah. Listen to me. It is okay to be rude to the devil. It's okay to be mean to the devil. So when he starts putting things in your mind that has you questioning things you shouldn't question, you need to get up and slam the door on the devil. Don't let him in your head. I refuse to let him get into my head. God knocks and he comes in when we open the door. The enemy knocks, but too many times... He brings us things that we want to hear. We want to question stuff. Our flesh wants to go there. Our mind wants to wonder there. But I'm telling you, it is a trick of the devil. And the only way he is going to manifest himself in your life is if you let him in your head. Stop listening to the report of the enemy. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands into the Lord right now. I will believe the report of the Lord. I'm fixing to use it for a prop. I'm closing right here. I'm closing right here. Joseph's brothers went to Jacob waving a bloody coat. Your dream is dead. Your hopes are gone. Everything you was counting on, it's gone. And Jacob let them get in his head. And he believed a lie. He accepted false evidence to be a fact. And the devil today has been coming to some of you with a bloody coat. And they've been saying, you might as well give up. Your ministry is over. It's never going to happen. Your vision is dead. Your dream is dead. They're never going to be saved. You see this evidence I've got right here? It's never going to come to pass. But I've come to remind you, those who've been seeing a bloody coat wave, it's just a lie from the enemy. It's false evidence. Joseph is still alive. Jacob, Joseph is still alive. Your dream is still alive. Your hopes are not dead. Your ministry, folks, is still anointed. Your vision will be fulfilled. The promise that he gave you will come to pass. 
your family that God said, I'm going to save them, but the enemy's saying they're doing worse now than they've ever done. I'm here to tell you it's just a bloody coat. They will be saved. They will be delivered. They will be baptized. It will come to pass. You will win. You are not the tail. You are the head. You will have victory. You will live and you will not die. You've got to bring into captivity every thought to the will and the word of God. Put your thoughts today. Put your thoughts in line with the word of God. Because the word that God has spoken over you is greater than any word the enemy speaks against you. Stand with me right now. I wonder if there's somebody that joined me in this altar right now and for the next five or ten minutes say, you know what, together we're going to serve notice on the devil. We're giving him an eviction notice today. You have no authority in my mind. You have no authority in my head. You have no authority over my children. You have no authority over my finances. I'm going to shut the door on the devil. I'm tired of listening to his false report. It's just a bloody coat. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Joseph's still alive my dream is still alive I've got a promise I'm standing on the word of God if God be for me who can be against me God is fighting for me God is fighting for me God is fighting for me come on lift your voice right now I'm serving notice on the devil you have no authority in my head you have no authority in my marriage I'm not going to believe your lies I'm not going to believe your report I'm standing on the word of God I'm standing on the promises of God it's just a bloody coat. It's just a bloody coat. It's still alive. Your dream's alive. Your promise is alive. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice with a shout. Devil, I'm evicting you right now. Devil, you get out of my mind. Come on. He can only be in there if you let him in there. Right now, you need to evict him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not believe another lie. I will not undermine authority. I will not let you undermine the word of God one more time. I'm standing on the word of God. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm evicting the enemy. You have no authority. You have no authority. Come on. Come on. Only you can evict him. Only you through the name of Jesus can evict him. You have no authority in my head. I'm serving notice on the devil. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to stand on the promises of God. believe in the report of the Lord not the report of the doctor not the report of the lawyer not the report of the naysayer I'm standing on the word of God I'm standing on the promise of God because the word that God's spoken over me is greater than the word of the enemy Lord, tell me whose report will you 
for my mother, for my father, for my son, for my daughter. I'm claiming that word. God, you spoke it. It's up to me to believe it. It's up to me to stretch my faith and receive it. I'm standing on the word of God. Come on, speak it over them. Speak it over them. He salarakatayanomorosa. <laughs>